0: Welcome, you are listening to Mountain View Scattered. This is an audio companion to our weekly church gatherings. It is a way to stay connected while you are away and to learn more about our community, how we can best reach and serve it. I'm your host, Wade. Okay, Ruth chapter 4. So the students that were here this week, you guys will be able to catch right on to what's going, what's happening here in our story. Um, You already know everything that's come before this, but just as a a reminder as to what's been happening, um, we have the main character of our story, and her name is Ruth, and she is uh, from a place called Moab, and she moves with her mother-in-law. Her husband has died, her brother-in-law has died, her father-in-law is dead, And it is just her and her mother-in-law left. And she travels back to her mother-in-law's homeland, Jerusalem, Israel. Um, And there, uh, she is not safe. Uh, She's not safe because she's a foreigner. And even though there are laws and rules to help take care of her, there's no promise that she's going to be okay. Until one day, she goes out into a field and starts working and this field is owned by someone that is related to her mother-in-law. And this person says, don't work out in the edges of the fields like widows do or orphans do um, or other people that aren't from here do. Come to the inside of the fields where I know that you'll be safe. And she did that. And she had safety with this man, Boaz. And Boaz kept giving to her And not asking for anything back, not asking for anything in return, because he said, you have been taking care of one of my family members, Naomi, I am indebted to you. In fact, God is indebted to you because even though you are not an Israelite, even though you are not a Jew, you have been taking care of a Jewish woman just as though you were one. Then it came to the end of the harvest season. Ruth had been working hard. She has proven herself to be an honorable woman, a worthy woman. And Boaz has continued to prove himself to be an honorable and worthy man. But harvest season is over. There is no more barley to pick. There is no wheat to pick. Ruth and Naomi have enough food. They have enough food for themselves. They have enough food to be generous with others. And yet... If Naomi were to die, there would be no promise that she would be taken care of, uh, that Ruth would be taken care of, that is. And so Naomi says, we must find you a husband. And I know the perfect person, Boaz. He's a worthy man. He's an honorable man. He's been generous to our family. I think he'll continue to be generous to our family. And so... Naomi says, you must go, and you must go offer yourself in marriage to him. Now, this was risky. It was. Because although Boaz is an honorable man in the daylight, do we know what he is like at nighttime? No. And yet she goes to him at night. And in the act of saying that she is willing to be uh, his wife, she uncovers his feet from the blanket, and she lays on his feet to keep them warm simply to say that I want to be taken care of by you. And now, Boaz could have said, okay, be my wife right now. But he didn't. He said, yes, I will marry you. And what this was called is redeeming. Uh, Boaz was a special kind of person called a family redeemer. He had the job that if someone in his family, a man died and a wife was left, he was to take care of that man's wife. If he was unmarried, he was supposed to marry her. And so, it looks like things are going really well. Uh, Boaz says, yes, Ruth has stepped out on the limb of a tree on the edge of a cliff and asked for his hand in marriage, except there's a problem. Boaz says, There's another person that, by law, should marry you before I do. I'm going to go and speak with him. And if he will be your redeemer, if he will be your family redeemer, if he will take care of you, if he will take care of Naomi, then you should marry him. But that's not how we want the story to end, is it? So let's keep going in chapter 4 and see what is in store for Naomi. Ruth and for Naomi and for all the characters of our story. Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there and behold the redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken. So this other guy that Boaz had said there's another man in line before me to marry you Um, I'm going to go talk to him and he finds the man at the gate of the city. This literally would be like going to the taxi rink. Okay? Um, You're going there everyone is mingling there there's business being done there and Boaz knows that at some point during the day, this other guy is going to come there. Now, here's the funny thing. This other guy in the story, uh, maybe it's to protect his identity. Maybe it's because he's not that important at the end of the day. Uh, in the original language, in the Hebrew language that the, that the Old Testament was written in, he's literally just called Mr. So-and-so. Okay? So Boaz says, hey, Mr. So-and-so, mister whats whats it? come here. You're not, you're not, you're not going to be the husband, okay? It's, it's basically what's going on. But let's keep going and see what happens. He says, turn aside, my friend, and sit down. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. And he gathered all the men together. He needed witness for a financial transaction that was going to take place. Um, and he says... Uh, Then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling a parcel of land that belonged to her relative, Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if not, if you will not, tell me that I can know, for there is no one besides you to redeem it, and I come after you. And the man, Mr. So-and-so, says, yes, I'll take it. I'll redeem it. Okay, why would he say that? Two reasons. He's supposed to, okay? The law would say that he is supposed to do that because he wants to keep the land in his family, in his tribe. All right? And um, he's going to do it, and he thinks that maybe... Uh, he'll be able to receive more money from this land in the future. It's a good investment. It's a good financial transaction. But let's see what happens. Then Boaz said, the day that you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you will also acquire Ruth the Moabite, uh, the widow of the dead, in order to keep the name of Naomi's family going. And all of a sudden, now this man wasn't going to be receiving the prophets at the end of the day for that land, okay? There might have been other reasons why he had to say no. Maybe he was betrothed to be wed to someone else. We don't know, but let's just say it like this. Mr. So-and-so in the story, we don't even need to remember his name, okay? (laughs) Um, And he says in in verse 6 of chapter 4, basically, I simply can't afford that. I, I can't afford to take a wife. And to take a piece of land that I'm not going to get the money from at the end of the day. And that's fair. Then verse 7. Now, this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning the redeeming and exchanging. And we'll go on simply to say this. That uh, the transaction, everyone agrees that this is a good transaction that Boaz is making. Everyone recognizes that Mr. So-and-so is not going to take the land and not going to take Ruth as his wife. Um... And this leads to verse 9. Rather, yeah, verse 9. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Kilion and Malon. Also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malon, I have bought to be my wife to keep going the name of the dead in his inheritance. What he means by that is is the tribe that they're from, the little group within the tribe, the clan that they're from. The land is supposed to be equally spread among the tribes. And so Boaz is doing a good work here of keeping the land within the family. Um, And then everyone says in verse 11, then all the people who were at the gate And the elders said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house, like Rachel and Leah, who together build up the house of Israel, may you act worthily in a name that I'm having trouble pronouncing and be renowned in Bethlehem. Um, Literally, everyone that's standing there says, be blessed. We want you to be blessed. We hope that you and Ruth have a family that is so blessed that it blesses every one of our people. Now, this is important, actually, because we've seen this before, twice before, actually, where it has been hinted at that Ruth is going to be a matriarch of God's people. She's going to be a woman that stands out in the history of God's people as a very important woman, all right? And we're going to see just what role that is. Um... And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. So whose whose hand are the children coming from that everyone is hoping come from Boaz and Ruth's family? From God's hand. God is going to make sure that their family continues and that Israel is blessed. So, verse 13, Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her and the Lord gave her conception. Again, the Lord gave conception. For 10 years, she was married to Malon and yet they had no children. What were the reasons for this? We don't know, but the reasons were special now at looking back, right? Um simply to say this, that Ruth's womb was saved for Boaz, okay? Then the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age, for your daughter-in-law who loves you who is more to you than seven sons has given birth to him. Okay, so students now, what's a redeemer? Does anyone remember? Yeah. A savior, good. All right, so we've called this, this, this uh, series that we're doing, Ruth, a story of redeemers or a story of saviors. And thus far, we've seen Naomi save Ruth out of the land of Moab. We've seen Ruth save Naomi. Ruth has been a redeemer to Naomi. We've also seen Boaz, in a sense, be a redeemer in giving them work and food. Um, and we see Boaz again being a proper family redeemer now. Someone that is doing his duty of marrying a widow from the family. Making sure that the family's land is taken care of. And that inheritance will continue within the family. But what's really interesting here is that when it says in verse 14, uh, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. Who is this redeemer? This redeemer is the child. Yet another redeemer in this story. Yet another hero, another savior in this story. And all of these heroes, all these saviors, all these redeemers are going to be pointing towards one redeemer. Verse 16, then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, a son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. And Obed uh, probably is short for Obadiah, which is servant of Yahweh. Okay. So this child (laughs) has a big name. And hopefully is going to live up to that name and we will see that he does. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. All right. So a couple things. I know it's a lot of names. It sounds kind of boring. Why is that so important? We're going to learn about why that's so important, okay? Um, going back to verse 15 for just one second, one thing I missed. It says there that Ruth was worth more to Naomi than seven sons. Uh, that's important, okay? So seven, especially to Jewish people, to God's first people here, seven was a very important number. Three, seven, ten, twelve. Uh, 144,000, 1,000, okay? These numbers are very important to the Jewish people. And seven is seen as a perfect number. More specifically, to have seven sons is the perfect family, according to God's people here. And um, it says, though, that Ruth is more important to you. She is more precious than seven sons. This is a foreign woman. Not a Jewish woman who is naturally a part of God's chosen people. Yet God has set her aside. And he has set her aside for a couple of reasons. Uh, One big reason is because ever since Genesis 15, when God made a promise to Abram who becomes Abraham, uh, God has been pulling people that are non-Jews into his family. And Ruth is a picture of that non-Jewish person who's going to be pulled into his family. Okay, we're going to stop there and we're going to just focus in on what it is that we're actually talking about, okay? I know that all of you guys up front are like bored of hearing me talk. I understand. That's okay. It's okay. Here's what we're talking about. The book of Ruth is a perfect example of God's redeeming love and points to our true and perfect Redeemer, Jesus. Okay, And we're going to see how the book of Ruth does that now. We've looked at it all along, but we're going to look at it more specifically now. What does this mean for Naomi? What does chapter 4 mean for Naomi? It means a couple of things. As it says there in verse 15, Naomi is going to be taken care of. She's got a redeemer in her life. A child that once again, after her two sons have died, she can take care of as her own. Ruth is still the mother and still takes care of the child. But Naomi, uh, being a good grandmother, comes alongside Ruth and helps to take care of Obed. Um, Also, we see here in chapter 14, or chapter 4 rather, that Naomi is becoming a very important part of God's people, all right? Uh, She is becoming a very important woman in the history of of God's people. Now, from chapter one, we would not have guessed that. In fact, from chapter one, we would have said that Naomi was being unfaithful to her own people by moving to Moab and leaving her people behind. Many probably thought that she left God behind, and yet now she's back and God is blessing her. She's blessing her by becoming a grandmother, something very simple. And yet, We're going to see who this grandchild is, okay? Um, What does this mean for Boaz? Uh, Look, just a couple of verses ago, Boaz was at risk of losing the woman who he wanted to be his wife. Um, And yet, what does chapter four mean to Boaz? It means that Boaz is married to an honorable and worthy woman. Literally, the woman of any Jewish man's dreams. Um, What does this mean for Ruth? Uh, This means that Ruth is taken care of, no matter what. If Naomi Naomi dies, she's not left a foreigner in a strange land. She is becoming a part of God's people. She's being welcomed in. But not only that... um, she has now a very special role in the history of God's people as well. So Obed, verse 22, Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. Who's David? David is very important. David is Israel's, oh, David is Israel's first True king, as it were. A king who was a man after God's own heart. And so, you have Boaz and you have Ruth becoming a first family, if you will. Um, They are becoming leaders throughout all of Israel's history. Um, In fact, when David becomes king... David goes to God, and he says, God, I want to build you a house, and it's going to be spectacular, okay? It's going to be the greatest place of worship ever, and I want to honor you in this way. And this is in 2 Samuel chapter 7. God says, no, I don't want that. That seems strange, doesn't it? But that's because God has something greater for David. Instead of David building a house for God, God builds a house for David. He says, David, no, I don't want you to build me a house. I'm going to build you a house. And this house is going to be a household of kings. And I promise you that no matter what, there will be a king from your family sitting on the throne. i out. I don't think there is any king of Israel. What is? I mean, today, is there a king? Well, there is a king. Um, But let's see just what this means for Israel, okay? Um, Rather, let's see what this means for us, all right? Because all along, this has been a story about different characters, and we've learned certain principles about how it's important to as people of faith, people that believe in Jesus, to go out of our comfort zone, to become aliens and strangers, to leave a place of comfort like Ruth did, and to go into a place that is foreign to you and to share the good news about Jesus. Uh, We've learned the the blessedness of simple or rather single-minded devotion to someone or something, steadfast love, stubborn love that will not let someone down. We've learned these principles, and these are good principles, but what does this actually have to do with us? This is what it has to do with us. Um, There is a king of David's family on a throne. There is. And his name is Jesus. Okay? When God promised David someone that would be sitting on the throne for all of eternity... God was promising Jesus to David. The fact that Jesus comes from a mixed marriage of a non-Jew and a Jew is significant. It's important. It's God showing us that he wants to welcome all nations into his people. Um, but here's the other beautiful thing about Jesus, okay? Uh, You know, Boaz, uh, he was a man that had a responsibility, Um, and this responsibility was to uh, put himself out on a limb, Uh, to put himself and his money, his finances, his comfort, uh, put it aside, and to say, I'm going to take care of my family instead. I'm going to marry this foreign woman, and I'm going to buy this piece of land that." honestly, I don't even know if it's going to be worth anything to me financially, but I'm going to buy it. Um, He was uh, a man that was not only able to be the redeemer of Naomi and of Ruth by law, but he was able to be, he was willing to be the redeemer, right? Um, And also, he was willing to say that no matter what, no matter if Ruth can't have children, just as she did not with Malon, Malon um, I'm going to take her as my bride, all right? Which isn't much of an inheritance for Boaz's bloodline. If Ruth isn't able to have kids, what's the point of marrying her? Because uh, if he doesn't have children, then all of his land is just going to go to someone else. It's going to go to Mr. So-and-so someday, But Boaz did that as a redeemer, and there is another redeemer for each and every one of us that did this exact same thing for us. Um, In Jesus' graciousness, just as we read at the beginning of the service in that that little confession that we said together, um, Jesus put on flesh. Uh, He was fully God and he was fully man. Uh, He was two natures in one person. Jesus literally became a part of our human family. And he did this so that he could be our redeemer. Uh, Jesus had it all, if you want to say it like that. And yet the Apostle Paul says he put it all aside so that he could sacrifice himself for us, so that he could be our redeemer. Uh, Jesus willingly did that. The Father asked him, and yet Jesus, by his own authority, went to the cross, allowed himself to be killed, and allowed us to be purchased. He allowed himself to be our redeemer. And lastly, he was willing to marry himself to us. Um, The church is Christ's bride. Um, We were a people without hope. Uh, We were a people that had no future. All of us. We were a people that were filled with things that were going to destroy us. We were a people that are at danger. We are in danger In this world. And yet, Jesus said, I'm going to marry myself to you. I'm going to be your redeemer. So, when we were filled with sin and we were filled with shame, these are things that go against what God has for us, things that God says are good for us. Um, God decided to send his only son, Jesus, who would pay for our sins. He would literally buy that worthless piece of land from us, okay? He would literally buy our hand in marriage. He would become our sin. He would put on our filthy rags and he would give us his righteous robe. He would become our redeemer. Jesus is the world's perfect Family Redeemer. Jesus is your Redeemer, and he did that for you. Um, One more time, just to say it like this. Ruth's story is full of Redeemers, right? Naomi, Ruth, Boaz, Obed. Which points to God's redeeming love and our true and perfect Redeemer, Jesus. All right. Um. Kids from the Waldorf School, uh, I hope that that gave you some closure to our story. Adults that are here, any of you that are here, um, if that story doesn't ring a bell to you, if that story seems strange to you, um, then please come and talk to us. Uh, If you have a church home, uh, thank you for coming and visiting us today. We really appreciate that. We appreciate you taking the time out of your evening um, before the end of school break to come here with us and to worship alongside of us. Um, I'm going to pray for us now, and uh, if you could pray along with me, that'd be great. Father God, we love you. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this time that we have spent together today. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have uh, shared with us your heart and your desires for us through your word. Um, God, we thank you that even in a very small story like this of Ruth in this book of Ruth, um, God, you have not just randomly placed before us some words that are encouraging and that are going to pick us up going into the next week, but Lord, you have put throughout your entire Word a picture of your son Jesus, the one true and perfect redeemer who could save us, who could buy us um, back from our sin, back from our fallenness, and bring us to yourself. God, we are thankful that you have given us the story of Ruth um, that is beautiful, that shows us uh, qualities of character and of leadership, that tells the story of a good woman that loves you and is righteous, um, righteously living, seeking to live a holy life. God, we thank you for the picture of a good man that does not abuse women or take advantage of his workers, but is faithful to you, is honorable, and seeks also to be righteous in your eyes, Lord. Who tries to live in a way that will um, point others to yourself. And yet, God, we know that even Ruth and even Boaz could not do it in and of themselves. We know that they needed something else. And it just so happens that one of their family members would be that. Would be your son, that true redeemer that could save them from themselves and save them from the sin that lived inside of them. God, we are thankful that this simple story points us to your son, Jesus. And Lord, I pray for each and every single person in this room, um, those that know you, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be working on their hearts to grow them, um, to uh, push them deeper and deeper into your word, into prayer and conversation with you, into worshiping you in spirit and in truth. And for each and every person in this room that does not yet know you, Lord, um, as their savior, as their redeemer, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be chasing after them and pulling them back towards yourself. God, we love you, and we pray all of these things in the name of your son. Amen. Thanks for listening, and remember that you were brought into the church by the saving work and person of Jesus. Also, that you are sent out to tell everyone about him. We look forward to you joining us for the next episode of Mountain View Scattered.